Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Here's why I point this out. It's because wisdom should be seen as both experiential and supernatural. And this again applies to the matter of the heart. When you've experienced life experience and you've seen firsthand how it is that this wisdom can be both supernatural while at the same time being practical, experiential. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Do parents really want to cramp their kid's style or kill all the fun a child wants to have? No. The parents know from experience that some of these so-called harmless choices could send their child down a destructive path. Today, Pastor J.D. shares some words of advice from a king who learned from experience. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Proverbs chapter 23 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. One of the things I'm learning, I always like to say I'm learning. I don't want to say I've learned it because that kind of comes off. Well, first of all, it's arrogant. You know, well, I've, I've arrived because I've learned. No, I'm always learning and God is always teaching me. But one of the things I'm learning is to discern between whether or not the person with whom I am speaking is interested in an answer or an argument. You know, when I was younger, I was so naive slash foolish, and I would just get baited in, and I'm thinking, hey, you know, I'm just going to win them over. I'm going to talk them into it. And even when it comes to sharing the gospel, I think we err greatly when we think that we're going to talk somebody into getting saved, listen, if you could talk them into it, all it's going to take is for someone to talk them out of it. That's not how they come to Christ. The Spirit of God leads them to Christ. So don't waste your time, the Apostle Paul writes, in these foolish arguments. You're not getting anywhere. In fact, if anything, they're digging their heels in more. And this person doesn't, they're not interested. Move on. Just shake the sand off your slippers and go on to the next person. And if they're not interested, don't waste your breath. Verse 10, do not remove the ancient landmark, nor enter the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is mighty. Verse 11, he will plead their cause against you. This speaks to how it was in those times when the father, the man of the house, would die and leave behind these fields to their children who are now orphaned or widows. And there would be those who would try to take advantage of it. And they would move the landmarks to get more land and basically steal. Don't do that. <laughs> Because God is taking notice, and God takes very seriously the plight of the poor. I think about in the Gospels how Jesus was attracted to, drawn to, spent most of his time with 
the helpless and the hopeless. He came for the sick, not the well. The well don't need a physician. So uh, I think about James, where he writes about how that pure, undefiled religion is caring for the widows, the orphans, those in prison. That's pure, undefiled religion. You get the impression, and rightfully so, that God takes very seriously the plight of the poor. Verse 12, here it is. Apply your heart to instruction, not your mind, your heart to instruction, and your ears to words of knowledge. Okay, stay with me on this. So the difference between the mind and the heart. And I'm just thinking now about Paul writing to the Philippians in chapter 4 verses 6 through 8 where he basically says the cure for worry, you want to know how to worry about nothing, pray about everything and thank God for anything. And the peace of God will surpass, that surpasses human understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds at peace in Christ Jesus. What he's saying there is, and he's distinguishing between the peace that comes from understanding, we say it like this, peace of mind. Oh, now I can have peace of mind. Now I understand. Paul's not talking about that kind of peace, the peace that comes from understanding. No, he's talking about a peace that surpasses. I don't have understanding yet. I can still have peace that surpasses understanding. How is that possible? Oh, in the heart. It's a matter of the heart, because now you've taken it to heart. That's where it will, I know this is going to rhyme and sound dorky, but it will start in the heart. It's a matter of the heart. So let me take it a step further. When I have a uh, mental understanding of it, it doesn't mean that I've taken ownership of it in my heart. I know it in my mind, but I don't own it in my heart. When I take it to heart, that's when it's been applied. Again, this is across the board in many respects, but it's that saying, and we talk about this often, that knowledge is just information, that's the mind. But wisdom is the application of that information. That's the heart. When you take it to heart, when it comes from the heart, apply your heart. Put your heart into it, your whole heart, to instruction, and your ears to words of knowledge. Verse 13. This is going to be fun. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Let me first and foremost say, and this is very important, please hear me, this in no way is suggesting that we abuse physically our children. What I believe this is speaking to is the passive parent who does not correct for fear of, man, if I spank them, I'm going to, you know, ruin them. And, you know, they're just never going to be the same. Listen, you know, some of us in my age group, you know, you're like, man, I am living proof. I have the scars to prove it. 
I mean, I was spanked, beaten. That wooden spoon, oh, that wooden spoon. I actually have uh, one of those wooden spoons. We broke a couple of them, and a couple of them they took, and I'm not sure what they did with them. I think they shipped them to the mainland so we would never see them. We just went out and bought new ones. But um, that wooden spoon was the rod of correction. And I mean, you know, look how I turned out. Maybe not. Maybe don't look how I turned out. But the point is, is that the passive parent who withholds correction, do not withhold correction. Yeah, but I'm afraid that, you know, I'm going to hurt them. And and no, they're not going to die. Yeah, but they have convinced me, don't do that. You're going to kill me. I'm dying. You know, when you're spanking the kid, they're like screaming like you're, you know, you're killing them. They're going to have to be hospitalized. And I mean, very dramatic, very good actors, those little kids when you're spanking them. But the point is, is that you will deliver them. You need to discipline them. And by the way, it's the rod of correction. You're correcting them which infers that they need to be corrected. Verse 15, if your heart is wise, again, usually we we associate wisdom with the mind. Oh, wow, he's so wise. Mm -hmm. Picture the guy with the pipe, you know. Hmm. Well, (laughs) no, this is talking again about the heart. If your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. I mean, this is a father speaking to a son. You bring me great joy when you're wise. And conversely, you can bring me great sorrow when you're foolish. Verse 17, do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day, for surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. I think of Psalm 73, and when we were in the book of Psalms, we um, spent some time with this interesting psalm, where the psalmist is very uh, honest about how he had almost given up on his faith. He had cleansed his hands in vain because he looks at the wicked and he sees them prospering and everything they touch just turns to gold and they have no problems. And here I am, I'm serving the Lord and I'm walking in righteousness. And for what? My life is riddled with trial after trial, problem after problem. I mean, it's not fair. And then he comes to his senses where at the end he goes into the sanctuary of the Lord and he sees their end and he comes to his senses and says, oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, in this life uh, they may have it made in the shade, but there is coming a time, the hereafter, when in the end, their end, and for us we will not be disappointed. Verse 19, hear my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine-bibbers or with gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man 
with rags. I think of it as the big three. Uh, over drinking, over eating, and over sleeping. That is a recipe for disaster. And that is a recipe for a wasted life. Verse 22. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. You know, I was thinking about it this way. Um, You know, as we get older, mom, dad, and our children still, you know, green, wet behind the ears, as the saying goes, and, you know, they just think they know it all, right? And then here we are in our older years, and, you know, we've been around the block a few times, and then we try to speak into their lives, and they blow us off. They dismiss us. And it's almost like they despise us. Oh, mom, come on, man, come on. You know, you're old, you're old-fashioned. That's what this proverb is saying. Don't do that. Don't do that. Verse 23, buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding it carries with it the idea of the value of wisdom as opposed to the value which pales in comparison of earthly and worldly wealth. Verse 24, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you (laughs) rejoice. It's almost like it's saying, don't give your parents any reason to regret ever giving birth to you. Is that bad to say it that way? That's kind of what it's saying. Let her who bore you rejoice. I mean, let them be glad. You know, I just, my wife and I were talking about our children today. We had a rare moment of uh, just one of those unplanned, spontaneous times where we could just sit, talk stories. Sabia was at piano lessons, and we just, it was just the two of us. Oh, went by so fast, one hour, it was like one minute, just so fast. We were just reflecting on our children, and when our son Levi was born, and you know, we thought he was going to be a girl. We didn't even really have a boy name yet. <laughs> we had a girl name. We were just convinced it was going to be a girl. And here comes Levi. We name him Levi, and he has brought us so much joy. We call him, we affectionately refer to him, and appropriately so, as our lovey Levi. He's the coolest kid, brings so much joy, so glad. Oh Lord, you knew what you were doing. Just rejoice that we had him. i got to be careful here, because our other two children are like, well, what about us? (laughs) Well, you too, of course you too. But the point of the proverb is, don't make your parents think, man, I wonder what our lives would have been like if we didn't have children, if we didn't give birth to these. I'm going to leave it at that and move on. Verse 26, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways, for a harlot is a deep pit. The idea here being, and a seductress, a narrow well, easy to fall into, hard to get out of. A harlot is a deep pit, and a seductress is a narrow well. She also, verse 28, lies in wait as for a victim, and increases the unfaithful among men. This is interesting, because it speaks to 
And this is so true that there are actually those out there who prey on and make victims of, and it's not just the seductress or the harlot in terms of the woman, but the man too. And they increase the unfaithful among men and women. They set out to do it. They actually set out to do it. Well, let's bring the chapter and the Bible study to an end. Verse 29, this is uh, quite descriptive. Who has woe? Who has problems? Who has trouble? Who has sorrow, regret? Who has contentions, fights? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Verse 30 answers the question. Those who linger long at the wine. Those who go in search of mixed wine. Now listen to this, verse 31. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly on the television screen with this most beautiful woman that so elegant and classy and has the glass of wine. And you're going, wow, they make it look so good, so glamorous and you buy into, they will never show you that same woman the next morning. Oh, very different picture. They will never show you that. It's the same woman. You would never recognize her the night before. Woo! Looking fine. Next morning. (gasps) You know why? Well, verse 32 is going to tell us why. Verse 32, at the last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. What did I say? Oh, you are so wasted. You know, when you drink, of course, and this is scientific and, you know, medical and neurological, your inhibitions are lowered. You say things that you would not otherwise say were you not intoxicated. And your heart, again, will utter perverse things. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when you're drunk, when you're intoxicated, it's like, uh, what did I say? I said that? Yeah, you don't remember? No. No, the TV ad didn't tell me about this part. And so you utter perverse things. Yes, verse 34, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea. You're spinning. Whoa, (laughs) the room is spinning. Or like one who lies at the top of the mast saying, they have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? Listen to this, that I may seek another drink. What? Well, I think that this is pretty self-explanatory. I was reading a commentator, and he made a very interesting comment, and we'll close with this. He says that of all of the alcoholics in the world, that it would be safe to say they never set out to be one. They take that drink, 
And it leads to another drink, and to another drink, and to another drink. And the next thing you know, they cannot go a day without a drink. And they start off their day with a drink. That is an alcoholic, and this is the awful life, as demonstrated here. Um, I want to just end with this thought. And it has to do with how it's easy to forget that Solomon wrote most of the book of Proverbs. And he did so, of course, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, he was speaking from personal experience. When he talks about the harlot, when he talks about the immoral woman, we speaking from from personal experience. When he's talking about uh, staying too long, uh, looking at that wine going, yeah, he's talking from personal experience. When he's talking about amassing wealth only to have it grow wings and fly away to heaven, he's talking from personal experience. Here's why I point this out. It's because wisdom should be seen as both experiential and supernatural. And this again applies to the matter of the heart. When you've experienced life experience and you've seen firsthand how it is that this wisdom can be both supernatural while at the same time being practical, experiential. You know, um, when the angel appears to Mary and says, uh, you're with child, and she you know, basically says, I'm sorry you got the wrong woman because I've never known a man. Interesting word in the original language of the Greek, it's the Greek word gnosko, and it has the meaning of experiential knowledge. I've never experienced the intercourse with the man. I cannot be with child because I've never known a man experientially that way. Now, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, fast forward, and Jesus makes this astonishing statement about how there will be those whom he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. And then they protest, what are you talking about? We cast out demons in your name, we gave a glass of water in your name, we did all of these things in your name. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. And he uses the same word, gnosko, experiential knowledge. Depart from me because we've never had that experiential intimacy, or if you will, intercourse. I never knew you. And this is what it means to apply the wisdom experientially. It's one thing to have knowledge. It's an entirely different thing to have experiential knowledge, Ginosko. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in Proverbs, where Pastor J.D. left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a top priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. 
This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Tell me, tell me true, true.